another year in the bag. 2023. The calendar, turn, the calendar turns over. The release cycle resets. We watch things like Night Swim and Wait. And Beekeepers. And Beekeepers, yeah. And is there anything else on it? There's initial law. Uh, and things like it called? Origin and uh, Zone of Interest go mm-hmm. wide. The late wide releases mm-hmm. hitting Oscar contention. Yeah. Right. And I have some, I mean, my list has got some of those movies that didn't make the wide release until this year. From Show the off. Pri- the previous year, you know. Sure. Same way, Show yeah. off. Same. I've, I've, got a, I've got a couple that are just, just now like going to wide. Tout that don't you you just want them to know it is we're fancy now we don't have to wait till the end of i mean we still waited till halfway through january to record wait till this. it starts name dropping we used mm. to have to wait till like the first of february to start <laughs> recording uh our, our uh year in reviews but uh, look at us screener access proper film cover yeah, there's less and less of those where i have like it's a 2022 release but i have to put it on here you know it's gonna be I, now more, i, less I and am, less as time goes on i am highlighting a 2022 release that didn't get full the uh wide distribution until last year i have one two three 2022 releases that didn't get wides that are on my top 10 yeah well, this is a 2023 marathon so the countdown so take they, those off they didn't get released in america until 2023 and there other countries go. don't matter no nope. is what he said well and, fe- and festival debuts don't matter <laughs> festival debuts don't matter that's but, right you know as much as we as, as cool as they are and we got to go i saw some festival debuts that yeah. you know did not make the 10 but could have yeah um, any surprises this year? Any any themes you want to identify early? Before Just like we, a pattern in the movies. Yeah, well, it's a return of the romance for sure. In a big sure. way. Yeah, they brought sex back to the pictures this year. Both the romantic comedy and just mm-hmm. romance in general. Yeah. That's big. A big theme. I think that's it's uh, yeah, and something that you know there's much hubbubaloo and discourse about last year. So I think it's kind of fun timing for sort of sex, sexuality, relationships, romance to all kind of make their way back into pictures in a huge way this year because uh, it's you know it runs the gamut though there was you know plenty of explicit hanky panky but there's also a lot of just like kind of understated relationship studies like um you know you hurt my feelings so mm-hmm. sanctuary Sanc- and sanctuary kind of somewhere in the middle yeah 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 god what a good year i yeah i have a lot of movies but I, like. I will say this i mean i i closed in around 90 okay i don't remember where wow buddy well stuff, done man I actually landed. Um, let me pull my list back up, I guess. Um, but I think for me, from about the 20 mark to number 45, those could fluctuate pretty easily. Quite a like, bit. There's there was just a lot of solid movies. Yeah. I like think. mid-level good. Just Yeah, just yeah, real yeah. solid. I think that's fair. Three and a half to four star movies that just Mm-hmm. either didn't sit in the higher end or we weren't super memorable for whatever reason mm-hmm. you know maybe and that's kind of where poor things is it's it's in my it's at 17 right now on my list right but you know it, it it was very good in the moment very interesting i think about somebody i'm not thinking about it constantly like i am some i mean a lot of the movies in my top 10 are the ones i'm either very good i'm recommending them a lot or i'm just thinking about them all the time mm-hmm. or really impacted me in some way mm-hmm. um but outside of that i mean really 20 to 45 i think i could bump some stuff up pretty easily and not feel bad about it or lose sleep over it um and i mean even some of the worst movies that i saw were still fun sure you know which i think was i think it was a really good year yeah i was interested in you know even things like master gardener and inside which i was really frustrated by like i still you know but kind of okay it was you know redeeming qualities 
I, I'm still uh, shocked at your numbers, Dustin. I know usually you you have a tough time like feeling out feeling like you saw enough movies to fill out a year mm-hmm. review list. So. Yeah, that's it. I, the last two years, um, thanks to um, again our our credit our critic credentials and screeners, I've had a uh, more opportunity. Well, uh, do we want to... And I force him to watch stuff all yeah, the time. That's true. Yeah. Arthur that's true. is... Um, I got to keep him honest. He's Otherwise, a, he's going to be like, oh, this was on a top 10 list. It's going to be in my top 10. <gasps> and I'm like, no, I, you got to watch movies, man. You got to watch stuff that you're not thinking about. So we watch a little Polite Society now and then. Hey, uh, man. We watch I a love, little theater camp now and hey, then. Hey, and I picked Polite Society, didn't I? To what? To watch. No, I did. No, I did. I did. I did. I did. Okay, we can't be doing that kind of shit. You two. Come on. I know we've been together for like 11 years, but you guys can't no, be doing that. We're... Rabbit season. Yeah, yeah seriously. <laughs> Duck season. Uh, we're starting hey, with... Hey, mom and dad are fighting, Junior. You just need to sit back no, for a second. No, I have to... Dustin, don't you understand the role I fill in my family? I can't. I simply can't abide it. I have to cut in and diffuse the situation. That's so funny. Redirect everyone. No, I won't allow it. Uh, we're going to be starting with a rapid fire roundup of our 10 through sixes. Isn't that okay. right, Arthur? Yeah. Are we going to go do, 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 or are we just going to do 10 to five or let's 10 just, to six? Let's just do 10 through okay. six. We don't need to do round table uh, for oh, this right. one. Let's do it. All right. My number 10 is David Fincher's The Killer. What am I going to do? I, lo- I love the Definch man still. Uh, number nine, Killers of the Flower Moon. What are you going to do? The Oklahoma true crime story worked on me. Uh, number eight, The Holdovers. Best holiday movie in I don't know how long. Holy shit. What a picture. Number seven, Anatomy of a Fall. Really glad to like the Palm Door winner this year. Love it. Number six, Fallen Leaves. Whew. That's a pretty movie. Mm-hmm. That's a really nice film. That's a film that just makes you feel good, makes you laugh. It just does, you know, does all the good stuff. It's got it's got a little Gene Dealman energy in terms of just like watching people do shit. But, you know, it's only 90 minutes. Thank God. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my 10 through 6. Very good, very good. What's your 10 through 6, Arthur? Uh, my 10 through 6 are coming at the top. All of us strangers. Mm-hmm. Um, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Mm-hmm. Talk to me. Mm-hmm. The Iron Claw. And Anatomy of a Fall. Nice. Very good, nice. very good. That's pressure. Sorry. <laughs> So for me, my number 10 is a documentary. It's the Lynch Oz documentary, making those connections between the films of David Lynch mm-hmm. and Wizard of Oz. And it's right up my alley. So I really dug it. Uh, Passive Fiction, which is available on movie. And it is a uh, it's a slow cinema entry about the weirdness of a world of a Polynesian island on which nuclear testing may be reoccurring. And so it's sort of like an investigation of like real deal evil, but also like slow, weird, quirky, lynchy kind of stuff there. Infinity Pool makes it in at number eight for me. Uh, Where are you going, James? <laughs> <laughs> uh. To the pool, man. Uh, number seven for me is Fallen Leaves, which has come up a couple times already. We all like that movie quite a bit. And then number six is Skinamarink uh, on Shudder from um, from 2022, but didn't get released in America till 23. A Canadian film that's a good exemplar of what's called analog hoarder on the YouTube. If you want to look into that, um, Mandela Catalog is a good time. I saw this. In, this is the first movie I saw in 2023, and oh. I knew you were going to love it. I really dig yeah, it a lot. I knew you were going to love Skinamarink. Yep. So number six for me there you go what comes up next in our sort of funsies categories guys um so yeah we've got a couple of fun little awards um so next up we have best story concept yeah so this is just one you you, you may not have loved it may not have been like your top 20 but you just really like the idea of the narrative mm-hmm. and so for me my best story concept and i think there were quite a few this year uh that i could go with uh but one was just like what if everybody just started dreaming about Nicolas Cage? Yeah, a such a great professor. idea. Yeah, it is really great. Um, <laughs> it's such a high concept, and it works yeah. uh, most of the time. Um, and it's just 
anchored by such a great schlubby Nick Cage performance that really sells it uh, in accordance with this uh, a, a good ensemble. Um, it has arguably the best fart joke in cinema history. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's got a, a lot of fun stuff going on. It's very clever in many ways. But that concept of shared dreaming and the kind of different forms that it takes on thematically and symbolically uh, sometimes to greater effect, sometimes to worse effect. Uh, but it's just a solid concept for a story um, that I think is really interesting world to play in. Mm, yeah, yeah, very good. I very liked good. it quite a bit. Did you, did you catch Dream Scenario, Dustin? I did catch it. I liked it a lot. I did too. It kind of answers, you know, I heard people kind of lamenting it or lamining bad words uh um just sort of dragging it for being a cancel culture movie it's not that though, it's really. not right no. and i think it, it's, it exists in kind of interesting opposition to something like tar because it's about a, like what if you got canceled for not doing anything is sort of an interesting mm-hmm. idea to play with and yeah sort of like it allows you to kind of go on that emotional journey without being like well you deserve this entirely but uh, then you do absolutely nothing to like try and win it back for your favorite like everything yeah, you yeah. do is just another mark against doesn't you help yes. your, you, yeah, don't, yeah. you can't help yourself yeah, at all the, yeah you just dig in a grave <sighs> the fucking the monologue he gives to the web camera and then the cut to his daughters watching it without the score so good so funny uh dustin what about you what's your favorite story concept my favorite story concept is a little ardell arcopolis movie from this year uh again released on movie is from the five devils uh, i will give a spoiler a little bit here in my review so you may want to fast forward just a little bit dear listener if you're planning on catching it but there's a movie in which uh, <laughs> that's funny it's a movie in which a daughter has a, a sort of a psychic connection to smells and is able then to travel it through time into events of other family members mm. and it's been something that's been passed along and so she's going back into the life of her auntie and her mother who mm. knew each other when they were younger sees those events and finds out some of the traumatic crazy relationships of them and then eventually comes to realize this is where we are and what's going on only to have the last scene in the movie in which she sees another child which apparently will be her daughter seeing this same sort of events and so it becomes a family drama that's got this witchcraft time travel thing okay. on top of it it is wild and really really well executed i really love the five devils for that so check it out and also adela carpolis she's a great actress um and so she's always worth seeing whenever she's on screen and she's directing this one as well she's or? not directing uh, okay. no no she's, she's just a star she's a, gotcha. uh, yeah okay. the lead Gotcha. For that. So what was your uh, favorite concept for 2023? Ooh, I got to give some love to Bottoms, Lady Fight Club, but make it not another teen movie. Cool. Great. No notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm really interested in, um, I forget the filmmaker's name, but uh, the filmmaker of Cam from a few years ago, uh, How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Mm-hmm. What if you took a political treatise and turned it into an Ocean's Eleven style, you know, thriller? Um, this film has, there's some interesting discourse around this film, especially if you, you want to get into like leftist political theory and sort of accusations of adventurism towards this film. Uh, and even the actions in this film are not necessarily, uh, entirely supported by the political treatise that's based on, cause it does kind of talk more about community engagement mm-hmm. in a way that's not really depicted in this film, but it's all, not all that politically pragmatic either. Yeah. yeah. All that stuff aside though, it is a really interesting film. Uh, and uh, a film that takes our current conditions very seriously and uh, wants to think about them and give you something to talk about and something to sit with. Mm. Uh, and again, it's exciting. It's very thrilling. Um, taking it's it's a very cool idea to take that that book and say, all right, let's let's put some characters in here. Let's let's take these ideas and dr- dramatize them. Yeah, uh, I thought it was really fun. Uh, one of uh, 
one of those films that I, uh, I I wish had gotten a little bit more love this year. I know it's, it ended up on Hulu and people are starting to see it now, but uh, I, re- I really liked it. So yeah, those, the, the two films featuring domestic terrorism <laughs> this year that I, that I liked. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Uh, we move on to our next category, which is our best performance. So who's our favorite actress of the year? I go to you first. <sighs> Dalton. I mean, guys, it's got to be Sandra Hewler for Anatomy of a Fallen Zone of Interest. Is that, it is. It is, it is uh, correct. Yeah, okay, yeah. correct. Good. We just no, no, get this one done quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. What a one-two. Yeah. The more I've thought about it, man. Yeah. She's incredible. Kills it. Yeah. Powerhouse. Just astonished. And two very different performances, too. And two very different movies. Yeah. You know, one's much more you know, 90 minutes versus two and a half hours. Sort of slow anti-horror by, you know, for one. And then a more propulsive courtroom drama for mm-hmm. the other. You know, characters who are complicated in both cases. Yeah. One's obviously a lot more obviously sympathetic as far as characters go. Uh, but both like characters that are prickly and sort of hard to to get with Been sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's so incredible. Yeah, nails it. Two two languages, two great performances. Yeah. We love it. Very good, very good. Okay, we're all in the same place. What is our hidden gem of the year? The the sort of movie that's underseen. That you you want start to... us off. We've started off. Okay. Yeah. What is your hidden gem? My hidden gem this year is, I'm going to, oh golly, I had a, a couple things to pick from. I'm going to go ahead and go with Quantum Cowboys that I caught at Dead Center. <laughs> My hidden gem is also Jeff Marsalet's Quantum Cowboys. It's, yeah. it, I mean, it's a rotoscope animation film. It's featuring Lily Gladstone and a number of other famous actors um, that are of import, but Lily, because of her work uh, with uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, but it's just a great little acid western. Um, we don't have enough of those anymore. Uh, I love Del Topo. I love this one. I yep. love uh, Dead Man. Yep. This kind of stuff is genre-wise a thing I really dig, and it's very, very well executed. So for me, and also for Dalton, yep. um, Hidden Gem is Quantum Cowboys. It's what? sick. It's on Hoopla right now. If you got a library card, you can watch this. What's yeah. yours, Arthur? Yeah, for me, it's uh, Polite Society. Um, nice. Mm. It was a really under-the-radar kind of movie that came out. Uh, good. Maybe from Focus. I can't remember. Or 20th Century. Um, I can't remember. But... Uh, just a fun little high concept uh, uh, story about two sisters. Uh, one of them is wanting to be a stunt person. The other one is just trying to go with the culture and get married. Uh, and there could be a, a devious plot to do something nefarious. And the uh, younger sister has to uh, uh, dig deep in her martial arts and stunt background to try and save her sister. And it's just a fun time of, of sisterly bonding and love and friends uh, getting into antics and mm-hmm. i think that's a very fun time it's a great time yeah yeah i i enjoyed a lot i try to tell people about it because it's I, I, it was just so missed i think and super watchable yeah too. yeah it is it's very easy there's nothing you know i mean it's got broad appeal yeah yeah i think that's a good way to state that yeah so that was my hidden gym very cool very cool uh moving on to our biggest disappointment the movie we just it was hyped and we really wanted it to be good and it, and, it, and it was bad we don't we don't we're disappointed we wanted to like it we couldn't what what was that for you dalton I thought about this, you know, I, Caleb had a similar question on his year in review that I guessed it on. Uh, and when we did that, I said master gardener just cause I, I like, you know, first reform so much. And, but the more I've thought about this, the more it's gotta be Oppenheimer. I'm just, mm. I'm out on this one dog. I can't, couldn't be me. This movie's going to pull down so many Oscars and I'm just to what end? Why? This is why we're finally giving Nolan his flowers for. Okay. And, you know, I get why people like it. It is propulsive for a, a movie, as has, has often been said, it's three hours of people in rooms talking and it, you know, ma- manages to feel like an action movie. And I, I see what people like about it, but I'm just tired of letting this guy off the hook for his, you know, pretty 
I'm trying to be diplomatic about it, but his his pretty shit awful uh, female characters, and you know, it's just been 25, 30 years of a career at this point, and it's not gotten any better, really. So I just the buck's got to stop somewhere. I'm tired of letting him slide, and like both of the, you know, the Emily Blunt and Florence Pugh characters in that movie are both like interesting. Those are mm-hmm. interesting people. There's mm-hmm. a lot going on uh, in the women in Oppenheimer's <laughs> lives, and it's just the movie doesn't have time for him. Doesn't really care. Uh, and that's not the only problem with it. You know, I also, am one of those people, I don't necessarily think we needed to like dramatize the bombings, but, uh, I do think we should have been forced to look at the slides that Oppenheimer can't look at. You know, it's a grown up movie. It's a, it's a world yeah. war two movie for grown ups about a war crime that we did. It's an American production. We should have our, our little hands spanked a little bit. I think, uh, at least made to think about it a little harder than the movie. Again, I think the movie lets a lot of people off the hook, uh, including it's, it's filmmaker and, as much as I, as it's attempting to sort of complicate the great men of history theory, I don't think it does enough to to set itself apart from being just one of those again. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Dustin? Let's let Arthur take this one home. So my, my biggest disappointment is, is a weird pick, I think, uh, for me, because a lot of people probably had a pretty low bar for this, but I had dream scenario-like expectations of the level of comedy, hilarity, meta-ness, and ridiculousness of this movie, and it came out a bit too pedestrian. It's Cocaine Bear. I yeah. was so stoked for Cocaine Bear. That's fair. I really, really wanted a lot from it, and it just... With all that it had, it just didn't quite. No, I agree. I, it really I, let me down. It does blow its premise, I think, in a yeah. way that's. Uh, this, I think trying way too hard to do too many things because mm-hmm. we're all just there for the cocaine bear. Yeah, and that's what we want. Yeah, maybe Ray Liotta hunting the cocaine yeah. bear, I mean, yeah, which is bit. fun. Yeah, there are parts of it that when it's in tune, it's in tune. But I, I agree, it was. It was a big letdown. Really, really yeah. disappointed me. Yeah, it was, it was again, and would probably doesn't sound the kind of movie that I would love. You know, necessarily. Yeah, it kills comedy. But I do like that kind of thing. Well, and, yeah, me and, too. And didn't quite make it for like me. a dark splatter comedy. Yeah, that's a fun thing. Yeah. yeah. So, I, what is your big disappointment, Arthur? Uh, for me, it was uh, man. I saw the 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 trailer for this, and I was super hyped. I liked Promising Young Woman, and it's it's Saltburn. Mm. Uh, it mm. just looked like such a good time of people. Uh, wilding out in this acid trip Bronte sisters narrative and it's just so empty and shallow and flat and tedious and it it, it thinks it's smarter than it is and unfortunately it wastes a very good Barry Keoghan performance. I mean everybody deserves to see him nude dancing to murder on the dance floor. That's yeah, but that's what you know the internet's for. Exactly. At this point. You gotta get through a lot of movies. I mean see you that. can watch it for uh, a great scene uh with the beloved Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. Who has I uh, guess to steal a couple moments. Poor dear uh, obviously, Pamela. Uh, Rosamund Pike is great. Mm. So it has its moments but overall the, the product as a whole is just such a letdown after Really, I think building myself up, seeing all the material for it, and yeah. having high expectations of something just you know, it's the uh, it's the chase person's wilding out movie. And if you haven't seen a lot of, I think you mentioned this, if you haven't seen a lot of movies, it may be wild, but it's if you've seen a lot of movies, it's not doing much, yeah, mm-hmm. it's fairly tame, yeah, and and you know, all things considered. All right. Well, this category, this I always find to be the most challenging category of the year. So I'm curious what you guys' thoughts on it as a category as I hear your votes. But what is the I didn't get the hype, the movie that a lot of people loved and you're just like, I am just not on the train. What is that for you, Arthur? 
You know, the more I've sat on it, the more I've thought about it. I, I was really taken back by its animation initially, but the longer I've sat on, it, I just I don't get the Spider Verse thing, man. I'm right. That's my pick too. I uh, yeah. I, I want to like it, and it had big kind of epic feel, but I don't know if it's just the tedium of super genre hero fatigue anyway or what. But like, it's a big part of it. It's just yeah, not a whole I, movie. I mean, it's a beautiful movie, and it is that two towers thing. It yeah. is that bridging gap, Empire Strikes Back thing. But even those movies feel like they have like whole arcs in a way that I think that's clunky though. Yeah, in a way. Yes, it, it has like four endings to try to get us where it's wanting to go. So that's it. I, I mean, I, I want. I mean, it's beautiful. Mm. I mean, I would say anime. I mean, mechanically, technically, is probably the the best animated movie of the year mm-hmm. uh, when you're looking at it from that standpoint. But as a total package, I just I'm not getting it, man. No, I'm right, not doing it for me. Right there with you. It is a very beautiful film to look at undeniably um i think it's got pretty mealy mouth politics and make me angry yeah yeah what about you dustin what, what what do people in love with that you're like who cares man i'm really gonna uh, it's oppenheimer i don't I just, yeah you too yeah I, didn't, I, I and that's i was excited for it you i know? was too I barbie i was more excited for i wasn't that disappointed because i nolan i hadn't really drunk the kool-aid on nolan yeah so i didn't that's why i didn't make the best biggest disappointment for me but honestly it is it's a black and white to, to demonstrate two different timelines, so it's not compli- it's, it's his least narratively interesting movie. It's um, special effects wise, got the sound is really good. Mm-hmm. I, I think the sound engineering on the movie is really kind of incredible. What they're doing with the visuals isn't that hard. I mean, Hoyt Van Hoytema's cinematography. Well, is I think it looks good, really good, but I, I think visually it's. But well, I, and it, it looks good. No, no, I mean lit well that kind. Of, but it, but the sort of like the extreme stuff where you're seeing like the sparkly kind of nuclear reaction kind of stuff going on the the, the sort of big special yeah. effects pieces they're not that impressive his sort of imagining of, of mm-hmm. sort of subatomic concepts right yeah people are in love with that and, and it's i'm not just that like, impressive i'm yeah same and it's a movie that like i had a nice time watching you know the the analog experience of seeing it in 70 sure kind of swept mm-hmm. me up but especially on repeat viewing it's really i'm soured on this one a lot yeah i get, I get where you're coming from narratively fairly boring and uh, and again not even interesting you know and one of the things Nolan is good at is making his his narrative connections interesting he doesn't even do that so really let me down good yeah. final scene yeah sure good movie I'll, I'll give that yeah <laughs> all right well, it's fine to like it yeah the, the academy is going to be telling you it's a good movie for they are going three to hours in a couple months <clears throat> I know I know I'm curious about how that's going to play I think it's got I think it's got legs. I think it'll take home technicals. I would love to see them shut him out again, just because I think it would be funny. Yeah, uh, for him to once again be turned away. And the Oscars is a much different organization now than it was five years ago. Big sure. Term. So I think that could blow back on it. Yeah, but he is seen as a much deserved winner as well. Sure. So it could be his departed moment. Yeah, I think that's a strong possibility. They could would- give him director and give it picture to something else too mm-hmm. which would either of you I, I think i know your answer dustin so i guess i'm asking you arthur would you if you were an academy voter would you give him director or picture either one no, no. yeah i wouldn't no i'd give no, barbie best picture in a heartbeat nice i love that i love that vote I, yeah i i i think the i think the academy has to at some point Acknowledge commercial cinema again, or sure. just not even commercial, and but not like even uh, not a nomination. Cultural breakthrough, right? When you're nominating ten movies, that's just 
I would give Barbie best adapted or best original screenplay. Is it is under adapted? It's, though, adapt, it's, it's adapt, under adapted. Yeah. For whichever, some reason. whichever category it's in, though, I would I'd give it that. Somebody was talking about Avatar. Iron Claw's original. Iron Claw's original, then? yeah. I guess it's not based on a book or anything. But neither. I mean, Barbie's just based on an I. I mean, it's it's like a weird. Yeah, it's like the story of Barbie. Yeah, it's weird. So, um, interesting. Yeah, I I don't I don't even know. I, director, I'd probably give to Glazer. Yeah, yeah, I would too. Me too. I mean. If it's me, pretty handily, or uh, Haynes, I think May December's yeah. a much tighter rope to walk than Oppenheimer. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but I don't, I don't know. What do I know? I, ho- I host a podcast in Oklahoma, right? Yeah. So, just curious for you guys' thoughts. I guess our next uh, uh, award is for our favorite franchise entry. Which, which, which was the one? You're making a face at me. Am I wrong? Did I say no, something? Right. Okay. <laughs> what? Uh, which? You know? Which IP? Speaking of, worked for you. You know, they can't stop making these sequels, so we got to have to like some of them, I guess. Dustin? It's Creed 3. Yeah. Oh, nice. Good, nice. Good man, answer. Just, just absolutely 100%. I thought you were going to pick Renfield. Uh, <laughs> I, I really like Renfield, but it's, it's a technically even part of a franchise, but I don't like it nearly as well as I like Creed 3 anyway. Uh, part I mean, of a universal horror uh, franchise. Sort of. I mean, insofar as that is a thing. And well, it, it does yeah. kind of connect it very much to the Dwight Fry Lugosi oh, yeah. uh, thing. You know, there's some there's some bits yeah. that it does that, that really are, are fun. Creed 3 is a good pick. The anime, Man, I love it. The anime choices are so cool. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's too bad it'll be uh, maybe the last time we get to enjoy Jonathan Majors ever. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but maybe for the best. But despite him being him, he's great in that movie. And I don't care. It's a good performance. He's yeah. great. And Michael B. Jordan is great. Great direction. Great, seriously, great. I'm direction. excited to see what he does next. Yeah, I, you know, I, I hope, I hope he gets to because his direction is more exciting than his performance in that one. Yeah, you're not big wrong, time, big time. You're yeah. not wrong. I would love to see him do something else that's kind of you know his own story and not a franchise entry. Yeah. What about what about you? Um, for me, I went with Scream Six. Yeah, let's go, dog. Me too. Yeah, man. I just I was kind of just looking at what I rated, <laughs> and this is where Same. it kind of landed. Uh, I think it's just they they've. R- really been able to continue a momentum and and maybe it is the idea of taking off like 10 years between like these re-entries right it it was a few years before scream four and then it was several years before we got to scream five which was kind of a soft reboot of this thing and uh it's obviously in the hands of people who care about the property um and are very smart and knowledgeable about the property and are able to use their understanding of the property and audiences understanding of the property to still play within the realm of the property and in fun ways. Uh, and so I thought it was a really good time. Uh, I thought taking it to New York worked really well, some great bits, um, that I enjoyed. And so, yeah, that's the one I kind of kept thinking about and thinking about. And so, uh, for me, it's scream six. Yeah. I had an excellent time with that one as well. It's also my pick and, I think we'll look a lot better in a couple of years whenever weird half of a movie that Scream 7 is, whatever gets punted across the finish line, <laughs> it's going to make Scream 6 look even better in hindsight. Unfortunately. Yeah. Dustin, what about you? Um, didn't I Creed do 3? Oh, Creed, Creed 3. 3. Sorry. Creed we're 3. On to, that's right. I, I'm predicting first. it's Creed 3. You know yeah, what? Yeah, 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 Karnak yeah, yeah. is correct. Now we're uh, on to Wish We'd Seen. Yeah. What? Now is that the, just blind the, spot period? Yeah. Not what, Wish We'd Seen in Theater? What, what did you wish you'd seen in Theater? Oh, Let's the do kill, that. The Killer. Handily. Oh, yeah. Really great, really great, great looking and great sounding film that, you know, was designed for theaters and Ted Sarandos doesn't want me to be happy. So hmm. I'm sorry, buddy. What are you going to do? But the film that is a blind spot for me is Passages. Uh, I still haven't got yeah. to this one. I still really want to. Um, speaking of Exarchopolis. I started it. Yeah. And I turned it off. 
I did too, but I'd not because I was mad at it or anything. I, I was, was bored I, by I, it. I was a little bit too, but I was as much as I was bored. I was also like, I think Becca would dig this, and I think we should watch it together. Oh, yeah, maybe. so it was kind of like know. I watched all of the strangers, and I think that may be the better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen passages, but just what I know about them. Yeah, I'm I'm down for the chaotic bisexual energy that passages is you know Providing. apparently giving me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I know a lot of people really like this one. I like all the act. Well, the two actors I'm familiar with in the, the lead three, I, yeah. I'm into. So, yeah, I wanted to get to it and just just never got around to it. Um, there's a couple, but that's that's sort of a highlight of a sort of missed opportunities. So, of the movies, golly, that I wish I'd seen in theaters, I think maybe I want to see Blind Spot. Whatever or Blind Spot. Okay, Blind Spot. Uh, it was poor things. I wish I'd caught it. You know, I really, yeah. really. That's the movie I wish I'd seen. Um, although it does seem to be like a remake of Frankenhooker, uh, from everything mm, I can tell, yeah. and uh, which is not actually a bad thing necessarily. Frankenhooker is kind of a great movie, uh, but it seems like a classy version of that. So, but yeah, I wish I'd caught that. But yeah, that's that's the blind spot I wish I'd got. What about you, Art? Uh, it, it's two. So I wish I'd seen the Peter's end as the blind spot, but it's Godzilla minus one. Mm. I really wanted to get out and see this, and just could not get the time to do it, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, but everything I've seen just looks incredible about it. And I'm really interested to catch up with it at some point. And so that was, I, I, you know, I'd like to go back, I guess, and see Shin Godzilla. But everything I'm hearing about Godzilla minus one. Do is we the know thing. where it's going to fall down in uh, streaming? Is it is it a Warner Brothers? That's a Toho thing. So I don't, or yeah, totally. I'm not sure. Yeah. Because yeah, I don't think Shin Godzilla ever went streaming, did it? Not that, maybe. Might have hit Netflix for a little bit. I know Prime has gotten like Shin Kamen Rider, which is kind of in that same vein, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. It's fair. We had to rent it or something. I do recommend uh, Godzilla minus one. Yeah. If, if you if it's still on, it got it got showtimes in the city, go get out to that. Yeah. Well, this brings us to uh, one that I'm a big fan of, of course, the best action scene slash set piece. I think there's some pretty obvious answers that can be given for sure. this question, and I'll go ahead and go first and say the entire third act of John Wick four. Obviously. Stairs the movie. Yes. Well, yes. <laughs> the, 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 the arc to the triumph into the hotline Miami overhead shot into the soccer, uh, soccer. There we go. Uh, steps. I'm still said it terribly. Okie's French. Um, but yeah, those three set pieces strung together to like kind of make it not a climax for a four movie long mm-hmm. action epic at this point. Come on. That's whew, that's cinema, baby. Total movie making. What about you, Dustin? Mine is, uh, I mean, I like rope work kung fu, guys. Polite Society is mm-hmm. my favorite act. I mean, just great, great action, choreographed, regular sort of punching, kicking fight scenes where they go ahead and with a wide angle and you get to see the actual moves. I love it. I love it when it's executed well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a Polite Society, uh, one of the great hidden gems of the year anyway, as Arthur said earlier. And uh, yeah, good, good action sequences in that. So yeah, Polite Society is my vote. What about you, Art? Uh, I landed at Creed 3 because I do like that kind of anime <sighs> so cool. reductionist kind of approach in the theater of your mind thing that he does. It's so cool, so mm-hmm. clever, so unique to this franchise, this IP to do so something. I mean, something very daring, I think, in a boxing movie to strip away the sort of realism of boxing and infuse it with this very cartoon psychological realism uh, idea. Right. And and so I think for me, that's one of the better ones. I I was going to say John Wick 4, but honestly, I I just don't remember any of the set pieces other than the stairs. Interesting. Yeah, I could not recall any of them, uh, which was weird to me uh, because I remember I was really warm on that movie when I watched it. So I don't know. Give I need to watch it again. I need yeah. to. 
Um, so, yeah, I'm going with Creed 3. Nice. Good pick. Good pick. Absolutely. All right. Well, boys, uh, one more. Or mm-hmm. did, did did you guys take it hard to the what which one? What movie uh, do we want to someday do on the show? Oh, yeah. I oh, forgot about that. one. I did forget about that I, as well. Yeah. Well, while you're thinking about that. Give me a second. Let's do guilty pleasures and I'll start. OK. Um, so my guilty pleasure, which I think is a pretty solid little movie, um, but it's a very niche movie. And that is Please Don't Destroy. Uh, the Treasure of Foggy Mountain. Um, <laughs> I love those Please Don't Destroy Boys. Uh, I think they're probably the sharpest thing to happen to Saturday Night Live in a long time. Um, they're very funny, and they made a whole movie uh, of them doing their shtick, which I am a big fan of, uh, with some very fun casting, some very silly bits. If you're a fan of Austin Powers, if you're a fan of Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping, um, Please Don't Destroy Treasure of Foggy Mountain falls into... That sort of lineage, Barb and Star, I think, Vista Del Mar as well. Um, it really kind of sits alongside some of those. It's very much a Saturday Night Live movie, um, but it's a very cult under the right. I mean, it is, you know, very I think most people have kind of likened it to Pop Star, which was mm. so niche and for the people who were huge fans of uh, Lonely Island. Um this is the same thing, but with Please Don't Destroy. Gotcha. I, I laughed a lot. I really enjoyed it. And so that was my guilty pleasure. Dustin, what was your guilty pleasure? It was Megan. <sighs> Megan's <That> fun. <laughs> it's so, a good time. It yeah. is so fun. Yeah, that's I a love good call. That, that dancing, that doll doing a dance, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, I'm there works. for it. Yeah. yeah. Love Megan. Um, you know, I was going to say that my, uh, the Leave the World Behind was my guilty pleasure because of all of the like kind of very mixed reactions it got but you guys kind of had like better guilty like more guilty pleasure guilty pleasure picks so i'm gonna go with uh, honor among thieves the D movie mm. i have yeah, some friends who are like that's yeah. total fool's gold and it sucks i think no i I, yeah. I think the the thing that marvel does that's really annoying where the quippiness like just takes you out of the movie and cuts the dramatic stakes out i think this manages to like be kind of silly and fun and jokey in the way that playing D and D is without like railroading the movie and it's dramatic tension. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought it was fun. Well, and I think dun- if we were going to go ahead and do what we would want to do on the show, Dungeons and Dragons is my pick. Oh, yeah. nice. Okay. Yeah, that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Dalton, what would you, what do you want to see on the show at some point? You know, I wouldn't mind seeing Eileen on the show, mm-hmm. something sort of sapphic and trashy. Yeah. I thought that would be a fun one. The creator, a really mm. good looking movie with really yeah, kind of that feels like our thing kind of confused racial politics. That's mm-hmm. a good one. Um, but Sanctuary's probably got to be it. I just I like that movie a lot. And it's, you know, it's one of the relationship movies of this year. And I think the the power struggle happening in Sanctuary would be kind of fun for us to talk about from sort of a, a history of, you know, hetero relationships on screen. Yeah. Perspective. That's fun. I think for me, we've got to do like a little two for a little mega so thing. Uh, and we have to do knock at the cabin and leave the world behind. Hell yeah. Yeah. I think we should, we get to put those in conversation at coming out of two ends of the year uh-huh. uh, with similar thoughts on their mind and having some fun talks about those two movies, because I think they, Operate in very sim- obviously very similar spaces genre wise, but also just th- with what we do, I think they are both mm-hmm. ripe for that. Yeah, and so I think that would be a fun time. That is a good time. I like that idea a lot. You need to make that happen. Well, I guess it's now time to do the thing five through one. Go home. Oh, okay. Uh, the, no, the, our final top five of the year, and I guess we'll do uh, roundtable style. Right, we'll do our fives, mm. then we'll do our fours, threes, twos, and ones. Yes, sounds good. So uh, with that, I'm going to go to you first, Arthur. What is number five for you? Uh, it's been mentioned by both of you in your top ten, uh, and it is the finish Fallen Leaves. Yes, yeah, nice. so good. Uh, I think it is the f- comedy of the year. It's so 
gentle and earnest and sweet and peaceful. Kind but of also very kind of yeah. Oh God, it's yeah, yeah. it's the yeah. driest, funniest movie of the year. Yeah. Um, there are things that you just you're not sure if you can laugh at it or not, but yeah. Uh, and then there's a hard cut to the most romantic movie that they could possibly go see, uh, The Dead Don't Die. Yeah. Uh, which is such a good bit. Um, so funny. The, there's a moment where uh, the store security is confronting them, uh, some employees at a grocery store, uh, about stealing food uh, in very comical fashion. How that all pans out. Some very intense looking from a security guard. Yeah, he was so worried about the security guard. It was the funniest thing. I just love to see people unionizing, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but there's also, I mean, there's a very underlying sort of unease and uncertainty going on as well as we are getting intercuts of what's happening with Ukraine and mm-hmm. Russia and the radio programming and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah. that is very much in its space and in its mind. Uh, but you've got just a couple of people who are lonely uh, who find each other. Um and they set one sets boundaries and one has to try to figure out if he's willing to meet those boundaries or not. Yeah. And I, man, it just does some really fun stuff. It's doing a lot of ode to uh, classic film. It's doing a lot of, I think to European cinema, but also classic Hollywood stuff off nods to Charlie Chaplin and others. And so I, I think it's just doing so many things and doing them well, but also doing them in understated ways so that it doesn't feel like it's hitting you on the head with all these things. And if you know, you know, uh, and if not, it's still a good time. And I think mm-hmm. it just really works and very great ways so fallen leaves did you see that the this filmmaker has done like a couple of these yeah this is like a trilogy thing or something yeah, yeah. this is the fourth he had yeah. a, a, th- a trilogy but yeah sort of his proletariat series yeah, yeah i'm fun. really interested to see the rest of them i know what comes in at number five for you Dalton? for me number five is ari aster's epic Bo is afraid uh boy first he was afraid he was petrified <laughs> I I kept thinking how I could ever live without Bo by my side. Honestly, that's a film character I feel seen by. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, yeah, an epic about sort of American anxieties. Uh, it's sort of a really great post-pandemic movie, and sort of the ways it frames like fear of leaving the house. But again, that's like the first twenty minutes of the movie. That's that's like surface level. That's that is barely you know scratching what this movie's got to give you. So funny. So uncomfortable. Um, a real uh, my first three picks of my top five are a, a journey through hell uh, in one way or another. But two of them are pretty, pretty fucking funny while they're doing that. And I, I think Bo is Afraid has got all kinds of fun surprises for you that I will not ruin. Although you you may or may not be aware of some of its more wild imagery listener. Uh, but I, I won't be the one to spoil it for you. Uh, I, I can't more highly recommend this film. I think it's great. I, I think it. Uh, has its cake and eats it too in terms of like being like uh, a film that has a lot of fun making fun of its character and also like holds its care its main character very close to its heart mm. uh, and I think that's one of the strengths of the film is Bo is constantly punished for his inaction and and yet like you do f- hurt for him quite deeply uh, th- throughout I think uh, really great movie uh, love that I got to see this in IMAX twice Um I hope it manages to carve out uh, the the cult following that I imagine it could have because uh, it did not do well. Mm. <laughs> Lost a lot of money. Uh, so I hope people find this movie. Bo is afraid. What's your number five, Dustin? Number five for me is Celine Song's debut, Past Lives. Good movie. Man, that movie's so good. It just is moving. It's haunting. It is sweet and golly, delicate. I, I haven't seen a good romance like this in a long time. 
ends in it. <laughs> it was a good romance, period. No, it's, it's great. It's, it's a romantic story in which there's unrequited love, but it's still like beautiful. It's not like it's not tragic. And to avoid that is really kind of impressive. So, yeah, I really, really love that movie. I would love to see what Celine Song does in the future. And so that's number five for me. Moving on to number four. What's that for you, Arthur? Uh, number four for me is uh, one Todd Haynes, May, December. Uh, just an absolute masterclass in walking a razor wire of tonality and content and doing something. Uh, you know, it, it really is Portman and Moore and Melton's movie. Um, but Haynes manages to not let it become something that it shouldn't be. Uh, I think in the hands of a lesser director, it's, it's a mess. I think Haynes managed it's, uh, it, it's, it's the story of method acting. It's the story of, uh, the way in which people take advantage of other people, uh, in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a battle of the wits uh, between two great, great actresses in Julianne Moore and Natalie Portman. Um, and it's also just a hyper campy, uh, silly riff on actors who take themselves way too seriously. Um, because uh, I don't know, man, it just I was blown away by it, I think. And I didn't know what I was getting into until I realized what I was getting into. And then I was all in. Um, because it's funny, it's dark, it's sad, and it's sharp, um, and a great ensemble uh, in, in that cast. And, man, I just, yeah, it makes me want to go back and catch up with the, the Todd Haynes films I haven't seen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it just reminds me how good Natalie Portman is. Uh, she has a great monologue uh, that is incredible. Uh, and then she gets the absolute funniest scene uh, maybe in a movie uh, this year. Uh, when we finally get to see this thing getting filmed. Um, wow. And it yeah. is something else. It is something special. Um, and yeah, and Charles Melton is absolutely heartbreaking and having to see all this break, you know, come together. And then Julianne Moore is this wily, can't pin her down, don't know who she is person. It's, man, it's so good. It's so good. It's May, December. Very good, very good. What comes in at number four for you, Dalton? Arthur. I'm secure. Make sure you put that in the show notes. Deal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's May December. Yeah, man. Nice. Uh, what a picture. Oh, uh, yeah. I get excited. They made ga- movies again. Yeah. I get so gassed up for this one. I can we'll tell see you. We'll May gonna- December again later. I figured Good. we would. Good. Yeah. yeah. It rocks, man. Uh, R3 talked about it being a battle of wills. Yeah, dude. It's this it, absolute chess match. Yeah. Wits, you said, but also wills, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. the chess match going on. Yes. And you don't Who's know it's a chess re- match until it's a man. Yes. You don't. Well, and until so, she takes his, she takes her queen, her king. Yeah. yeah. The rewatch is so interesting, too, because you start to. You see all the little ways that uh, I forget the Portman character's name, um, mm. Claire. No, that's not right. But you see all the ways she's kind of an asshole. She like talks shit on her Uber driver to uh, her fiance. Like it's the first thing she does when she gets to her hotel or her Airbnb. She takes the gift Elizabeth. Ba- Elizabeth. There we go. She takes the gift bag wine and regifts it to them, mm-hmm. which is such a fun detail. But yeah, I mean, like you can't. There's nobody you think you can trust Elizabeth when you start this movie, and you start to realize about. 30 minutes in maybe even earlier that oh no 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 i i i have no footing here charles melton is the only you know he's the only pure soul here and even he's he's the only human in this thing yeah he's the only one who is like feeling and cares uh Mm -hmm. boy uh what what's a great moment uh that's what grown-ups do i 
ice. Uh, one of my favorites is when uh, Elizabeth uh, is taken to the, this like community center okay. that she volunteers at, and they're making the floral arrangements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, the the like supervisor comes by, and she goes, "Oh yeah, it's Elizabeth. She's gonna play me. I'm trying to show her a good time." And then uh, the woman she says that to goes, "I bet you are," <laughs> and just and just walks off. Whoa. Yeah, just sort of like I just throw in heat. Uh, what a wild film. Uh, I think my favorite scene is where Elizabeth meets the lawyer and then also, uh, her oldest bio son. Um, again, Oh, forgetting the character. Gracie's Gracie's, Gracie's, oh, yeah, yeah. Gracie's oldest. Yeah. At the bar. At yeah. The bar with yeah. The, when she's meeting the lawyer. That's yeah. maybe my favorite scene. Uh, I just, cause it's, there's so much going on there. You get the lawyer who like, you know, did a hard thing, did, did something that nobody else would do. And it's kind of ruined his life a little bit. He like, can't get out from under this thing. It's like he's caught under the, the, the riptide uh, of like his wife buying cakes from Gracie and, and there is no escape. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you want to hear me and uh, a lot of friends of, uh, our, our little crew talk about this for an hour, we did a garbage shoot on this with Thurkelson and Sanford and Caleb Masters. Um, I love this movie. Dustin, I, I can't wait to hear you talk about it. Is it your number four or is it no, even it's, higher? it's higher up. What's your number four? My number four is The Holdovers. Nice. Um, yeah, man. Nice. Yeah. It is one of the great not Christmas Christmas movies. Uh, up there with Die Hard Gremlins. Uh, and and, and, and Eyes yet it's Wide a perfect Shut. Christmas movie. It's so good. It's, it's, it's even about more like, Christmas than all the rest of them. Exactly. And that's why I think I love it even more. Yeah. And just the, the, the character played by Paul Giamatti, good old walleye there is just such an interesting and fun and well-developed layered character. Cause you could have just a curmudgeon for the sake of curmudgeon the, mm-hmm. you know, or a guy who's what, I mean, there, there's a number of ways you could do this. Um, performances are all stellar and, uh, we have, yeah, I, I won't say any more cause I'm sure we're going to hear more about it later, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely fantastic and totally worth your time. So do catch the holdovers if you get the opportunity, because, man, that movie is it cooks. Yeah. Uh, looking for a best actor um, for GMI. I want it, dude. Come on. I really want that's it. That's who's got. Yeah, that's who's got my vote mm-hmm. this year. So good. So good. What was uh, oh, Sierra, you've already done your fours. We both did your fours. OK, so we're back to threes. That's how counting works. Arthur, go to three. What's three for you? <laughs> uh, my number three is uh, you've already mentioned Sailing Songs, uh, Past Lives. So man, good. What nice. a movie. Um, just such a fully formed feature debut. Um, obviously song has a background in playwriting and this movie is somewhat autobiographical, um, in that way, but just a tale of, of romance and missed moments and missed opportunities and what could have been and ruminating in that. And all of it plays out in the script very well, but it's, so reinforced technically with the cinematography and, and the framing and the blocking. And, you know, there's that shot moment that's in the posters in the commercials of them as children going their separate ways are uphill, him staying in Korea, staying straight, staying the, the, the path. Um, and it, it is full of these sorts of moments and it's got a little bit of Manhattan in it as they're walking around uh, parts of New York and talking and just conversing in this city and, all of that to to lead us to maybe the great final moment of a film, uh, a, a, just a powerful closing sequence uh, in a movie, uh, opening with a great sequence as we just are spying on these people in a bar having a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's such a great introduction to mm-hmm. those characters in this world uh, as, as these extras are playing the game of what are they saying or mm-hmm. what's their story? Mm-hmm. And then we get that story. And it's, man, so good. 
It, it's just a powerful. It cooks. Yeah. Beautiful film. And like you said, it's not. It's melancholy, but it's not tragedy. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we it's feel real. Far, yeah. 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 It feels honest. Yeah. We've we've had those missed moments. We've had those missed opportunities. We've had those unrequited elements and relationships and friendships and romances. And it, it understands that. And, and it brings it to the screen in a very palpable honest way and it just is so good mm-hmm. as an immigrant story as well you know that that additional layer to it just makes yeah. it even more powerful, yeah, yeah, yeah. i think yeah so that's my number three dalton what's your number three my number three uh here here endeth the journey through hell it is jonathan glazer's the zone of interest i don't know if that journey's ended yet uh well from, over, it is on my list it's not over yet boys <laughs> well you know actually we do have to get through one more underworld entry on my list now that i think about it before we get to the the sunshine uh, I are, are do both of you want to talk about zone of interest as well. I will talk I will. about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> Good. Uh, yeah. Well, let's just keep moving then if we're, if we're going to talk about it, but, uh, what, a talk about great endings. Mm-hmm. That's, this is the ending of the year for me. Mm. I, I mean, holy shit. Just like <laughs> gut this, the ending of zone of interest it's, will gut you yeah. open mm-hmm. and like really make you think mm-hmm. and consider, um, it happened once it could happen again. Sure. Uh, what's your number three, Dustin? Anatomy of a Fall yeah. is number three for nice. me. Yeah. I'm so and, glad uh, we get to go see that together. Man, it was such a good time. Thanks. And, it's, and we kind of saw... <laughs> well, yeah, we invited you. We invited you. We left from I here. I just couldn't go. You know who we saw there? Who? LaRon and Craig. Oh, really? Yeah. Fun. Yeah. yeah, it was good times. I spilled an entire box of Junior Mints in my chair. Well, I'm glad I didn't have to be embarrassed right. by you. Yeah, he did embarrass the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> out of you, out of myself. Well, that's what happens when you take Grandpa to a movie with you. I'll tell you what. fumbling all over the place. It was terrible. Well, you know, you had the end of the box open. You picked it up from the wrong. Anyways, it was a whole thing. How are you holding it? I had it set in my lap, and I was... It doesn't matter. <laughs> the it joy d- of movie mo- it, uh, movie going. It doesn't matter. The the Anatomy of a Fall is a great movie, great performance from Huller. Uh, we'll, we'll say no more at this point, because I think we'll probably be saying more in a little bit. Are we, are we no, done? This is, this is its peak, I well, think. This is it. We're done saying anything about it. It's just great. Uh, it would have ranked higher if it had been more ambiguous. I think that's fair. I, I, I That's what I would say. Yeah. It's, it's almost perfect. What's interesting is there are some people, I, I guess I'll, I don't have to hide them. Sean Finnessy like reads it differently. Um, mm. Reads uh, the whole character as like kind of an uh, out and out narcissist. Oh, and like yeah. on repeat viewing, like thinks it's very clear that, that she did she it. Did it hmm. Which I think is I interesting. Think the is, I think the ambiguity is there. Yeah. I think it's some ambiguity, but it, I don't know. I don't know that she, I don't know that I believe she was, innocent i mean this is part of the fun of the movie yeah mm-hmm. is the is one the ambiguity but two like the fact that you don't care by the end of it right you're like why do we even have a justice system what's the fucking point of putting people on trial for murder if it's just gonna like ruin a bunch of other people's lives yeah. like why do we why do we have these sort of criminal cases so wild also if our prosecutor doesn't get an oscar nod we are in the wrong he's universe so he is mean. so good he's, he's so, so mean funny he's so good dude what a douche i can't imagine being you can just get cross-examined in a french courtroom while they're doing testimony on against you like they look at you and go is that true <laughs> what what you world is this? Convenient, yeah. So Ugh. good, wild film. So that's number threes for us. We're moving on to number two, the penultimate pick. What is number two for you, Arthur? Uh, you mentioned it already. It's Alexander Payne's The Holdovers. Uh, it's so good. Um, yeah, I, I knew I'd like this movie. I think when I saw the trailer, but uh, I, I love Giamatti. I, I think he's one of the greats. Um, and he really just gets to have. 
fun fact I've, I've been listening to an interview with Giamatti on Smartless mm-hmm. and finding out in big ways this guy's a huge like crypto guy like aliens and Bigfoots and ghosts and stuff oh yeah and he's got like a podcast that, talking about these kind of Giamatti's things Giamatti's got a cryptid podcast something like, like I think they talk about that kind of stuff and UFOs that's awesome yeah, man. Um, he wants to do like Dude. sci-fi and horror this has been a big thing on the press tours like he's been wanting to do like sci-fi and horror stuff uh, and then they did the actors roundtable and the interviewer tried to shame him with Planet of the Apes and Giamatti was like nah man it was a dream come true to be That's in that ape makeup. Well, yeah, he was uh, he, he was that wild-eyed scientist in one of those bad movies we watched. Yeah, we watched San Andreas. San the other Andreas, day. that was it. He was in. And yeah, he, he adds some level of legitimacy to yeah, it, right? Because yeah. he's called Giamatti. He's the best. <laughs> one of the um, greats. But him and Payne, obviously, they've worked together several times. Uh, uh, no, just the once, just sideways. 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 Yeah, is that it? Yeah, it's just it. But man. Like they do good. They're so good together. Uh, he ruined an entire uh, wine uh, for people. So <laughs> I'm not uh, that's drinking Merlot. Yeah, man. Um, but I, I don't know, man. Just there's something about the fact that it feels like a new Hollywood movie. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and the filming, the editing, performance. I mean, everything about it. It feels vintage and retro and unique ways, and uh, just a lot of very sad people coming together to create family is always a powerful thing. Totally. And finding, you know, the good in people and seeing this found family coming together and from different points, different perspectives, but you know, divine joy, Randolph. Randolph yeah. Right. And then mm-hmm. Dominic Cessna just really rounding this trio out. It's, it's so fun and well, so good. And so the, the party scene is equal parts. Like, he's getting a, you meet a girl and then we go to see her and she's at her absolute rock bottom. And then they go to Boston and they get the, the glee of the cherries Jubilee. Mm-hmm. And then and they share a new year's party together, yeah. which is like this really small, intimate affair. Yeah. Uh, man, it's just so good. Well, there's no single one character in the family that just sort of ser- see a lot of these movies will use a character that is only in the service of supporting the other characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't fall in that trap. It's no. really, really brilliantly written. Yeah, I agree for that. Yeah, totally. Man, a handshake can say it all sometimes. Mm. Oof. Yeah, just a, a really heart heart tugging moment. Yeah, that's good. It's good. It's good stuff, man. Oh walleye, oh walleye. Come, you, you you grow to love the guy. You, you, you do. do. You do. Philistines. Philistines. What's number two for you? Number two for me is God willing, the final entry. And an in the descent to hell. In, in the descent to hell. <laughs> well, this is this is how we 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 come to the end of the underworld. You're for, putting Oppenheimer on your for list. For four movies, we've watched this man ah. go through the criminal underworld, and finally, ah. he he finds something resembling peace. It's John Wick Four. Total cinema baby. I don't know what more you want from me. Sometimes a film is just bodies and movement in a wide shot. And uh-huh. we get a shit ton of that in John Wick Four, and that's what I like going to the movies for. Yeah, I, I love I love movement on camera. I, whether it's dance, whether it's cars, whether it's a chase, I just like well, or whether it's some sick gun foo. I I just like watching dynamism take place in front of the camera, and uh, they they just have managed to one up themselves yet again in terms of both cinematography uh, and choreography production design like they just keep making the each one of these films steps it up another level and it's i, I don't know for my money easily one of the best looking movies of the year like and it's not even close the fact that this movie is not going to get nominated for cinematography just because it's an, an action sequel 
pretty fucked Mm -hmm. uh, because it looks astonishing. And that's not even taking into account how often the cameraman is having to be as much of a stuntman as they are being a camera operator. Like how, how much the camera is like having to track what's going on and be right next to cars zipping by, you know, obviously Mm -hmm. they're going 10 miles an hour when they're actually filming, but still like looks fast. And to me, that's another, you know, let's talk about cinema history for a second. Uh, Chad Stahelski, you know, formerly Brandon Lee's stuntman to like, know how seriously he takes the safety side of these movies, I think just like adds to my, my appreciation for them, especially because they, you know, they do have kind of a gun violence problem and that's a circle. We don't have time to square today. We talked about a little bit when we covered John wick, uh, one through three, uh, last year, but I, I really admire, uh, Stahelski as a filmmaker and uh, a technician. Uh, I think he's got, I'm very excited to see what he does now that he has closed the book on this, this franchise. Uh, Dustin, what is your number two film of 2023? The previously mentioned May, December. Man, that movie is good. Yeah. I love Haynes, and uh, the performances are great. We've already said a lot of the things that need to be said about it, so I will not repeat it. I'll, I will only conclude with this. I think I need more hot dogs. That right. movie's good. That movie's so good. So moving on to number one, the best movie of the year, according to you. What is it, Arthur? Uh, it is uh, the aforementioned uh, Dalton's number three, four, number three. Uh, Jonathan Glazer's The Zone of Interest. You are correct, um, sir. That is the best movie of the year. Yeah, it is a man. I uh, I didn't know much about. I didn't. I didn't know anything about it uh, when I saw it. I just knew it was hyped, and so when I got the screener in, I watched it immediately. Um, and there is that moment in the third act where um, our lead looks back over his shoulder, and the world breaks open. Um, and it just hits you yeah, like a sack mm-hmm. of bricks. Um, History can kind of see itself linear, linearly at all at once for a second. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it leads to that, the ending you're talking about, right? I mean, that's the, the, the thing, right? And it is just, man, it is, it's cold and calculating. And also it's a domestic drama and, you know, our, our boy just wants, you know, he wants, he likes his spot. He likes power. He, he wants a better job. He wants a promotion. Uh, but Sandra Huller likes this house, man. She's worked hard on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she you know wants to keep the place. They got a nice little pool. They're like walking distance to the lake. Um, you know, and, and she, you know, he's, he's just trying to find ways to like streamline things at his job and, and make operations tighter. Uh, oh, and they're Nazis. And, and that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's, it's some people just lessen it, I think, to, yeah, Nazis were bad, right? It's the banality of evil. Mm-hmm. But Glazer removes it so far that it becomes something else. It's, I think, beyond just the banality of evil. It is the complicitness and the way in which people will just go about their daily lives to better themselves and better their families, despite what that may look like. Um, and Glazer just puts it in the darkest timeline possible. It makes you think about what a phrase like the banality of evil really means. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How yes, Nazis were bad and we've seen movies portray that, but there's an approach here from Glazer that does something entirely different with that premise. I think to make it much more, I mean, by making it so mundane, he does something more powerful, I think, with mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And the imagery that we get, obviously, many people have talked about the score and the sound design, and that is a huge part of it. Um, but I think Laser puts this together in a way that is so powerful. And, and then we get this 
weird inverted fairy tale thing taking place as well Mm -hmm. with this very experimental shift at a couple of significant portions of the really cool stuff. Yeah. And it is those things that just keep me thinking about it. The housekeeper zero dark 30 mission to leave food for the workers. Mm -hmm. And we use the fucking seal team six infrared camera. So wild. Yeah. What are you thinking? What I think I, what I love about the movie is, is what you're saying here is, is about who gets indicted here. Uh, This is Mm where this sort of mundane part of the evil, because you've seen the movies where you indict the, uh, the sort of high command, Right. Yeah. They, they're, they're, I've they're, seen the boy in the striped pajamas. Right. Right. Or also like the, the enlisted guys who are doing these incredibly terrible things with the dogs and pointing yeah. people into. But this is where you indict middle management. Yeah. You know, the most removed, the most separate from the actual yep. dirty hands, sort of like making the orders, nor those who are actually executing the worst of the orders. But the guys in the middle. The guy who's having a meeting they have with the, the contractor that's going to build the furnace. Right. They have the technicality to say, no, I, my hands are clean. I didn't pull a trigger. Yeah. Nor did but, I give the command. Yeah. Right. And th- th- then also they're indicted. Yeah. And that's what's brilliant about it. And, and everything yeah. else you mentioned as well. But yes. I mean, it's definitely the stronger. There's a couple of films about genocide this year. And this is the stronger one because it doesn't. <sighs> Killers humanizes the Hales, uh, Hale and Ernest, like more than it needs to probably. And this film, like humanizes Rudolph Hess by the end of it. Mm-hmm. You know, we have this moment where we see the that retching, the retching. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But that's all we get. It's one. And that's all you need. You need one moment to go. There's still a real human being hiding mm-hmm. in there somewhere. Oh. And like the fact yeah. that he knows that it's wrong deep down, like says everything that you need to know. Like he knew and he did it anyway. Mm-hmm. Oof. It's yeah. It's, it's that ability. I mean, Yes, humanized, but we don't become empathetic with no, him. And no. that's, I think, the kind of that big separator, right? Like, yes. there's a part of me that likes Ernest. Yeah. You know, and Bobby De Niro's cool. Yeah. But there's something being removed here that, you know, is and, essential to it working. And then Sandra Huller being like, you know, I could have your entire family killed. Dude, that moment is. Wow. Is, it is, comes out of nowhere, yeah. too. And it's just like, holy shit. Yeah. And like, the scene where she's showing her mom around the garden is. That's a showstopper. Yeah. And the end to her mom, you know, abandoning them and the realizing of the night. she's not, I not, can't, not too keen on this. I can't be no. here. No. We are next door to Auschwitz. Yeah. Yeah. Her neighbor is in that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's those moments where they kind of acknowledge the humanity of mm-hmm. the, well, they don't even acknowledge the humanity of the people in the camp. That's the sort of the cruel, it's not even cruel. It's like cold and removed mm-hmm. the way they talk about what's going on it, to the extent that they even acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly it's just a new fur coat shows up, you know? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had to go. I, we haven't talked about my number one. Yeah, Your number one's next, but I came very close. This is, I, I get why you guys pick this as your number one. I did go with the happier choice. I went with Celine songs incomparable debut past lives. So good. I, I mean, it was a, it was a coin toss for a long time. I chose light. Yeah. yeah. I chose light. Uh, and I love Linklater's before movies. Um, mm. And the, these, this mm. film feels so in conversation with, with that trilogy of films. And it, it also feels in conversation with something like Moonlight in terms mm-hmm. of its like structure. Um, yeah, this was the, the year we brought relationships and romance back to the pictures. And uh, for me, it's got to be past lives just because it is kind of a, again, like there's, there's some like really spectacularly profound films about the evil of humanity this year. And, uh, for me, a guy had to lean into past lives. Just mm-hmm. give me that hug. Give, give me this like really. But again, you know, with real pain of being human, you know, it's not all sunshine. Uh, and Dustin, you talked about the ways in which it's 
it does that great thing that film does it gets super specific so it allows it to be general mm-hmm. you know it is a very specifically a, a, a korean to north american immigrant story and yet in the specificity of celine song's semi-autobiographical film we can kind of all see our own lives and see how we've see our misconnections see our our choices that we had to make um yeah mm-hmm. really spectacular little film um I love it. It's not going to get very much uh, attention probably this year. Um, come award season, just because it's it's kind of quieter, more reserved. It'll get a lot of nominations, yeah. but probably won't pick up a lot of wins. Spirit Awards kind of stuff seems sure. like it'll you know do well at Gotham and that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah. but they've I given think... they've given a twenty the, the Academy. I mean, by they has given a twenty four their sort of reserved humanistic romance rom drum mm-hmm. Oscar before. So I don't, I don't think this will get the love. I don't you know I'm you know DGA Sailing got first time nomination yeah i think uh producers guild nominated it for best picture so i think there's a chance it'll get the best picture nomination mm. yeah there's a chance i could see that saline can get director's nomination that would be cool i'd love to Red see it. get it over her you yeah, know that but i think sense. i mean they can't do more than one woman right they won't they no. won't if i will eat my shoe if they if they have song and gerwig both get nominated yeah i'll i'll eat my hat i would love to see you eat a shoe yeah i'm predicting it's lanthimos Gerwig, Nolan, did uh, Scorsese. Was that four? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's four. And Glazer. I mean, maybe Payne. Payne would make more sense. Yeah, Glazer Payne, probably won't get Payne's it. May yeah. December's getting shut out. It got shut out the SAG. Yeah, I they got shut it, out of the Producers Guild. They hate Netflix. They do. I don't know. It's. I mean, Netflix has it's, got it, nominations. So it's a it challenging like, film. Well, after the SAG shut it out, everybody was like, oh, you guys don't like movies about you? Actors, uh, actors don't want to be made fun of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So that could hurt its chances. That's a good point. But I didn't think about that, but yeah, it does uh, make fun of actors in a big way. I'm wondering if Anatomy Fall gets a bigger bid at the Oscars. It's kind of been undersung, surprisingly. Yeah, uh, Hewler. I mean, not getting nominated for. You know, That's best actress I think she split her own vote, probably. Maybe. Yeah. Well, too many, two, two different movies. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think she'd be supporting in. One of them, though. That's true. Yeah, she probably would be more She's supporting in for point of interest, own. I'd say. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see yeah. how everything shakes out. I think she'll continue to get like, you know, performer of the year stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think she'll get any like singular. I'm curious. I mean, performances. Just the way the Academy has skewed the last few years. I think we've got an opportunity for a lot of wild horses to show up in categories we aren't thinking. Euro I mean, films, the fact that was her name, yeah. yeah. I mean, the fact that uh, uh, Alma Poisty got a nomination for Fallen Leaves at the Golden Globes mm-hmm. was really cool. Yeah. yeah. Fun to see something like that. She's yeah. great, too. Yeah. There's always, you know, Paul, you know, and there's always a chance of a Paul Mescal after sun type of thing happening where sure. someone gets a, a big last minute or Andrea Risenborough last couple years ago or whatever she had that, yeah. that big bid at the end yeah so we'll see what happens well that's our 2023 in review yeah it was a good year it was a good year had a yeah. good time the movies were kind of were normal we're somewhere close to well not normal. no not anymore now we've got a the the, the strike fallout year to yeah there is no such thing as normal but but something we're getting recognizable we are getting a dune yeah, we are getting a Dune this year. Are we getting a second Batman, or is that later? That's later. We're getting Challengers, another Zendaya film. Uh <sighs> Nino. Yeah. Got that to look forward to. There's a couple. There's some good ones around the corner. Um, I forget all. I mean, obviously, Craven and Madam Web. 
Venom Three. I'm hyped. I'm yeah. on the hype train yeah. for all those. Big year for mm-hmm. the Sony, the Sonyverse. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I am. I'll be first in line. I know you at will those. be. Um, it'll be a good time. Uh, we get new Jordan Peele, new uh, Robert Eggers. Right. We are not oh, getting. We are getting Nosferatu, aren't we? Yeah. Yes. We were supposed That's to get rumor. Mickey Seventeen, but did he get pushed? They got pulled from the calendar. Really? really? No, no release date now. That's disappointing. Yeah, I know. I don't, know March. I don't know if it's not ready or they're well, not ready to sell it. Bong standing up to the uh, South Korean government. I don't know. Have you seen uh, all that? No, no. Well, after the death of the star, the, the actor There's from Parasite, yeah. uh, Pong is demanding an investigation. So he's like oh. protesting the police and stuff over in Korea. So who knows what's happening over there? Wild. We love him. Director um, Bong. Yeah, so. Yeah, we. I, that's sad. I was really looking forward to Mickey Seventeen. Me too. But it's okay. It's I'll just ca- have to watch Craven twice. This <laughs> twenty twenty three was really a year of like debuts and masters. Like it, crazy how many like big time filmmakers had a had a big movie out uh, in twenty three. Um, mm-hmm. I look forward to doing this with you guys a year from now. Oh, we got Furiosa. Are you excited about Furiosa? Where I am. Where are you at on Furiosa? I'm, I'm into it. Yeah, no, I, I am bummed Anya Taylor-Joy couldn't do Furiosa and Nosferatu. Would have loved to have seen that. Um, but no, I'm down for Furiosa. I mean, I'm obviously going to see it. I, You know, it'll be a nice reminder of how, how much Fury Road rocked. But I have a feeling it uh, as quick as they were able to get it done, I don't think it's going to be the accomplishment that fury road was it would be impossible almost for it to be i am personally excited about driveaway dolls the yeah that looks, fun. that looks fun fun noir neo noir mm. i'm there for that new, new noir i don't know what it is modern mm. well modern day set noir that would be a neo noir there we go um obviously you're excited for love lies bleeding right mm-hmm. you're you're hyped on that one i'm very hyped for I love saw the lies trailer bleeding. for this and it does look good yeah we I'm, may have to watch saint mary so it's called rose glasses first movie St. Maud. Uh, St. Maud, yeah. Yeah. Get you in the mood for... Yeah, get me in the mood for it. I, for, I forgot that that's the... Is that the same director? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, That's cool. I didn't realize that. Yeah, I'm that trailer for Love Lies Be- Bleeding uh, rocks. And uh, we talked about this on Caleb's Wrapped uh, episode. All of us were kind of hoping that the big studios not having stuff to put out in 24 will make room for smaller movies to you know really take up more oxygen in the yep. conversation. Uh, a new Aliens movie? Oh, that a thing? yeah. We get Godzilla and Kong teaming up. Godzilla X Kong, or whatever it's called. Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh, Mother's Instinct. I, I heard some buzz about that. Anne Hathaway and uh, Jessica Chastain. And okay. Some sort of remake of a French film, Borderlands. Wow. Oh, God, that's right. The Borderlands movie is supposed to drop this year. That's Eli Roth. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how mm. that is. Uh, Abigail. Are you familiar with Abigail? Mm. Uh, the Radio Silence uh, vampire movie. Interesting. I'm just where they kidnapped a ballerina. Is this why they was a vampire? This is why they didn't do Scream Seven. Okay, I thought it was a biopic about Abigail Adams. I'm glad it's not that. Guys, we get the Mufasa movie. You got to be kidding me, dude. We're gonna be getting the Mufasa. Jeez. A Rebel Moon Part Two. I know you're both excited about that. I can't wait for the Scar Giver. Oh, I'm bated breath, Arthur. I cannot wait to see what happens to Sophia Batella and company in Child of Fire Part Two. Or whatever, uh, an interesting calendar, to be sure. That's, yeah, that's no, I've heard no joke. People are hyped for Cuckoo, which I think is a neon film or a twenty four film coming out. That's people are talking about, it, buzzed about. I'm excited, man. Civil War. 
that's yeah, that'll be an interesting one. I'm, Joker. I'm sure everybody's reactions to Joker two and Civil War will be totally normal and restrained. I don't. I doubt anybody will have anything <laughs> crazy to say about either of those movies. Thoughtful and you know real measured you know, discourse. Measured discourse. Yeah, for sure. That's what we can always expect from the American people. Uh, well, if you're still listening, thanks. Yeah, thanks for listening to us. Get kind of loose with it here in the the home stretch. But hey, you thanks for tuning in. We'll have another great year. Uh, you keep watching. We'll keep talking. And we'll see you all next time.